Emma, Emma, get it, get it, Emma, Emma Frost. You love this song. I love this song. You love this woman. I love this woman. What's up? We're back from vacation. Oh, yeah. We're still reading new comics. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to read a bunch of stuff for the podcast over the week. I didn't read any of it. Same. I read all other stuff and I like it. I read Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows. I read Ready Player Two and X Factor Investigations and then a Doom miniseries. Oh, Doom miniseries? Dr. Doom miniseries, yeah. Interesting. And a bunch of other random stuff, because that's just how I enjoy Marvel Unlimited, is just bopping around. All right, well, my book was really big. Continuity hopping. Well, I didn't finish my book. I know, but I'm just saying, like, you just, I was like, I read one book. And you were like, (laughs) I read 27 books. All these things. So I'm just saying, my book was really long. Nobody's questioning your reading ability. Although, I'm super back, I'm back into the novels, baby. HP reignites my fire. All right. But we're talking about comics today. So let's talk about comics. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm just in the reignited fire. Why do you get to be the reignited fire? Because I called it. You're not a phoenix. I called it. I just just announced it. Therefore, it is true. A rahood. Play the tape. Play it back. All right, so we had a, a whole bunch of previews before we talk about comics. I a think. whole I, bunch of previews. I think you were about to jump into comics. I have a couple. I things. was. I I was well, I was going to say there's more to comics this week than just the fabulous Emma Frost. Yeah, of but, course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But what do you? What do you? What do you got? They had like you so said. You know, every month, or maybe you don't know. Every month they <laughs> put out previews. I don't know anything. Solicitation previews of what's to come. Right. So ah, yes. That's where. Oh, yeah. I remember you showed me. Yeah. A couple of the covers, a whole bunch of stuff just getting me hyped for Inferno and for Trial of Magneto. I'm hyped as well. There was that hyped. one. I think it was the one with the scales of justice. Yes. The helmets. Yes. Ugh. And then this one where Emma's holding their helmets. Oh, I Xavier. did not see this one. So Emma Frost in diamond form on Krakoa holding Xavier's Cerebro and Magneto's helmet in each hand. Oh, man. Inferno. That one's for Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty off the grid this week. All Uh, the power to you for keeping things alive on our Instagram page. But I. And our Twitter and our Facebook at the Ex-Wife Podcast. (laughs) I lived in the lake, in the land of the lake. I did, too. I just had really good reception. (laughs) Yes, I saw that one. Bloody, bloody knuckles. Yeah, the, blood, the the diamond. And I remember you showing me these two, and I was like, yeah, the first one's like an X-Men cover, but the second one. The Headless Horseman October solicit, which my fears are true. What do you mean? Pepe and Marta are not on this issue. Oh, right. There's a fill-in artist. Right. Which I'm sure it will still be good. I'm sure it'll still be good. I, I'm hopefully not going to psych myself out and be upset. Listen, as two people who just took a week off from podcasting, we can't really, you know, fault them for taking. I can do whatever I want. Okay, all right. Okay, you can. Also, this past weekend, there was the San Diego Comic Con panel. San Diego Comic Con. Talking about X Men with Jordan White. Oh, Jordan D White. Oh, yeah. Senior editor. And and we were laying there, and you were like, "I'm gonna watch this real quick," and I was like, "Forty minutes later, I'm gonna read my book." 
you can tell me what happens later. So tell me what happens. It's later. I mean, they were talking about what's to come. The, the one thing that seems to be getting everybody in a, in a kerfuffle. Ooh, in a tizzy. Is that they said there that they plan to do the Hellfire Gala and a new team lineup announcement every year. Which I thought was already knowledge. I thought that yeah, that I was, thought that seems that seems pretty. Um, it tracks you know? legit. I feel like maybe it's not a big line wide event each year, but I mean, maybe. I, I would uh, I would at least expect them to do the Hellfire Gala every year. Right, you get to hype something that up that big. You should do it annually, hmm. and. I mean, I, I, I understand the mixed feelings about the new team lineup, but I also think it really gives opportunity, you know, to highlight other mutants, other mutants which was kind of a big point within the election, right? It was like, right. let's not have the same people always be on the X-Men team. Right. Well, my only concern is that you're only going to get, what, 12 issues of this team before you get a new team? Or is it going to be a full reset? Are you just going to maybe add a couple of new members? Well, maybe it's like a new election but maybe some people could two terms get two terms i don't know the rules of x-men electing me either hey you no. know what we listened to on our way to and from the oh lake? yes the wastelanders podcast written by benjamin percy the real life wolverine as yes, i like to yep. refer to him yes indeed yes indeed he also wrote the two wolverine podcasts that were better than the Wastelanders podcast? Yes. I didn't dislike no, me neither. Wastelanders. I just didn't like the casting choices for the voices of Rocket and... Yeah, they were too similar. Peter Quill. Yeah. Star-Lord. Yeah, they were too similar. But... If you haven't listened to either of the Wolverine podcasts... Definitely check those out. Maybe start with Wastelanders and then move up to Wolverine because I think it's considerably better. The Long Night. And The Lost Trail. And The Lost Trail. And finally, final, last but not least... Before uh, the comics. Before the comics. There was... And this is the benefit of recording on a Monday. Uh, there was every Monday, almost every Monday, Adventures in Poor Taste does X-Men Mondays where they have... Chris Hassan, he interviews various creators throughout mm -hmm. the X-Comics line, and he talks to Mr. Al Ewing. Oh, really? Who promised some very interesting developments with the Iraqi people oh, through S.W.O.R.D. Really? and Storm specifically. Oh, wait. Can we just talk about that Black Panther cover, though? Oh, yeah. So that was in... I got that from the article. I don't know if that was published elsewhere, but... And then... That there Black was Panther another so, cover I saw. Maybe it was House of X that posted it with Storm and was it Storm and Doom's face side by side? Oh, that wasn't a cover. That wasn't a cover. That's a preview image from next week's books. Ay 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 caramba. Which is a throwback to a previous book. But we'll talk about that next week. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about this week. Okay, let's talk about this week. Which is funny because all right, so last thing, last thing, last thing. You said that already. I know. But <laughs> This will come out on Tuesday, which is kind of like a, hey, did you miss us? Did you, cause did, 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 did you miss get, us? Get ready for tomorrow. New comic book day. Hi. Pop, pop. We back. Refresh, refresh. What is flush, it? flush. What's no, the rush? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. What's the last, 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 last thing? That was it. 
That was what was it? <laughs> that we, that, that, the fact the that we issue. normally don't record on a Monday and then new comics are going to come out tomorrow when you're listening to this. I don't know when you listen to this. I checked the statistics. People are still downloading last week's episode, which is great because we didn't do anything for the last nine days or so, which happens sometimes. Get out. But who's counting? I am. Clearly. <laughs> Tabulation Don't get used statistics. to this recording on a Monday. I'm going to have classes again soon. So we're going to talk about comics. What? We're going to talk about New Mutants, yes. Marauders, yes. and... Surprise edition. Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe not. Su- maybe not surprise. We did mention it. Yeah, well, it's surprise in that like, I didn't read it and then I read it. Also, can we just talk about the fact that I did read two of these new comics on, on New, new comic, comic Book Day. Day. I never read them on New Comic Book Day. Hey, you know, how'd you feel? I liked it. Great. I liked it a lot. How do you, How do we keep that going? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I don't work until 9.30 at night on a Wednesday. <laughs> wah, wah. All right, let's talk about New Mutants. New Mutants is first. Man, that cover. It's so creepy. It's so creepy, but in the best way. Of course. It's terrifying and creepy, and it really builds off the narrative of what was set up at the end of the previous issue, but not really a whole lot of what we're getting in this one. But I do like that it's kind of foreboding for the future. I'm, I'm preempting your reactions to covers now. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. The Shadow King was barely even in this, and his hands were nowhere near Gabby. But the, we do talk about the fate of Gabby and whether or not it has to do with the Shadow King, so it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. All right, shall we dive in? Yes. Page turn noise. All right, so we're kicking it off with these kids trying to solve trying to solve things. And they are freaking out. They are freaking out. They found Gabby dead at the end of last issue. Yeah. And they're questioning what happened. And it really builds off a lot of what they've been feeling in the last few issues. Just this like uncertainty with her and with them and just this lost group. I think they call themselves the lost the lost group or the lost Well, yeah, and, and they're also like we're not gonna tell the adults. Like we don't trust the adults with this information because they're unsure about Lost Club. The Lost Club. Yeah, like, they're unsure about just what's gonna happen. Like if it. Gabby can come back. Can we trust the adults? Which I don't know. So uh, I hold on, hold back, hold back. Not yet. Not yet. Temper. But no girl takes over Gabby's body, and that's what's happening. So the the floating brain. So that they're only a floating brain. They're only a floating brain. Okay. That is no- I did not understand. I was like, why does the person with the floating brain look so much like Gabby? And then later, <laughs> when they're like talking, I was like. Wait, wait a minute. Are they puppeteering her body? What's happening? So yes. I understand. So there was actually solicitation text. So a couple months ago, two or three months ago, mm-hmm. when they previewed this, it's called Weekend at Xavier's. Oh, my God. Like Weekend, weekend at, Bernie's, at Bernie's. Right? Which I think is just chef's kiss, if you didn't hear that. We don't have Foley artists. <laughs> But she does actually talk about No Girl on the second page does talk about the fact that humans took me and tore my brain from my body. And instead of the X-Men undoing what those monsters had done, I was left to figure out how to fend for myself. They even gave me a name that pokes fun at what I went through. 
no girl. Understand so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should talk sometimes before the issue. I don't know. I like the confusion and the it, it helps. You just got to make sure you tell me when when you're confused. I like to save it for the podcast so it's authentic. Yeah. So they come up with this crazy plot. Crazy plot. That doesn't seem like it would it's even be possible work. to work. It's not going to work. But they, their they're kids. Just gonna go, they're just going to go and choose a body. Yep. They're just going to give Gabby anybody. They're just they're going to find her DNA somehow. They're going to inject it and they're going to find her like, mental powers. Let, let's take a second here. Oh, oh so we'll, we'll, uh, sure, go for it. Well, just I'm just wondering, like, they think that they can just do whatever the five does. Like, it doesn't matter that the five are the five. Like, they're like, well, well we can do it. Yeah. So uh, my question is how they think that they're going to do this. So there is an issue that you haven't read yet that speaks Classic. to. Yeah. <laughs> Speaks to kind of what they're thinking might work, where they've been practicing with the Shadow King. And this was the first divide between Gabby and the rest of this group where she did not like what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They were practicing swapping consciousness with other bodies. So basically inhabiting other mutants of the group. Oh, dear. So using their powers in conjunction and especially through the Shadow King, manipulating who was in which body, which like immediately suspect that... The Shadow King is disassociating you from your body. He takes over people's bodies. Like, that's that's what he does. Yeah, that doesn't seem like we should be doing that, kiddos. But, you know, it's a it's a new age. It's an age of redemption. And, and we want Amal Farouk to have a shot at the big leagues. But I don't know. I don't know. No. I say no. Should we get him out? Should we, no. we have the action figure? Keep that creepy man away from me. <laughs> Hey, it's a title page. To live and die on Krakoa. Secrets and Lies. Written by Vita Ayala. Art by Alex Linz. Color artist Matt Miller. Letter VCs Travis Lanham. And we continue with our story. In the Green Lagoon, which is probably one of my favorite locales on Krakoa, if I'm mm. being honest. Uh, we get this back and forth between Rain and the Shadow King. Right, and and we don't get a whole lot of information as to what they're talking about or what's going on, but there's something happening between them, and is this is a long plot, which I'm interested in. I I'm curious to know what's going on. She is going through some stuff with yeah the potential death of her son, who is not eligible for resurrection. She's kind of getting on my bad side. Uh oh. I don't know. Just you cannot, you cannot say this about rain. I'm just not. Alicia, you cannot. What is happening? I just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just like every sentence, every interaction is just negative, negative, negative. Nancy over here, biting people's heads off. Like, I get it. I would agree with You're that. You're going through a lot, but also it's not. Well, especially, it's not making me like the character. Like, I don't know her that well as a character, but I do feel like what I do know of her is that she tries to have a positive outlook and, like, bring people together and, and like, find the light. Mm -hmm. And I'm not getting any of that. I would say that this characterization of Rain feels very distant from how I know Rain. How I know Wolfsbane. Yeah. And I think some of that is because of Tyr. But I also think some of that, and I keep on reading into this, so hopefully it pays off. I think some of it's already some subconscious influence of the Shadow King. 
okay. that he's getting people because there are a couple of other characters that I feel similarly of. And to have her blow up on Shan like this. Yeah, I think I'll thank you to keep your concern. I don't I'll thank you it. to keep your concern. I don't need it. I'm I don't need I don't you- need it. You're really making me angry right now. Like, let me finish my sentence. I've been practicing my Spanish. I roll my tongue really well. Yeah, okay, rain is not Spanish. Yeah, but it's similar linguistics is used in the <sighs> Scottish accent. Well, anyway. But yeah, so this is this is a long game plot, right? A lot of mm-hmm. long game character-based plots are running through this, which I actually really like. I think yes. Vita's doing really great work. They are interweaving these stories about trauma especially through cosmar rain and shan which you didn't see the issue before the maybe the two issues before the hellfire gala issue where shan has had her her brother living inside of her this whole time ever since she (laughs) what all right so um marvel team up First appearance of Shan and her brother Tran. He was kind of evil. Mm-hmm. He was very evil. Okay. And he was a, a manipulator of sorts. Okay. And she defeated him and basically subsumed his consciousness into herself. Absorbed him. Yes. And he's been there. I, I think he came out at, uh, once or twice, but he's been there supposedly. And that's why. So she goes through Crucible. And that is a particular tough spot later on in the issue where Cosmar has been asking Danny to go through Crucible with her because she's upset with the physical form and how her mutant powers have affected it. Mm-hmm. And that's been a, a point of contention, and especially between this lost club and the quote-unquote adults, the, the kind of intermediate, yep. you know, they're not old, not new mutants. In between. The medium Intermediate mutants. mutants. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. But so anyway, this specific point where where Shan is talking about this in the original run of New Mutants, Shan goes away. She disappears. She's mm-hmm. presumed dead for a very long time, but is later found having been taken over by the Shadow King, which is what she's referencing. Oh. And why she's so like you can't trust that you cannot trust him. But Shan is saying it. Yeah. Right. No. I just it's fun. <laughs> it's just fun for me. Okay, but it's confusing and incorrect. So let's not muddle my brain too, too much. Okay. Sure. All right. Data page. Hey, simple setup for this page and what follows. It, honestly, I read it and I love how this is kind of like an acknowledgement of, hey, we should do the thing that we set out to do and, and train some younger new mutants. But and- also, yeah, I do really like that. But also, this is the first time I've, I've seen, I think, this little side note on a data page from sage Mm. so it's like someone's taking notes on the data pages mission report well there has been some i think it was in sort and it wasn't mutant correspondence but it was from the in reaction to the announcement of soul being yeah but that wasn't that like the whole data page was written from the perspective of one person and then a comment from teddy right but was it like this? Was it in a separate, like a different font, a different text and yes. made like a sub note like that? Yes. Oh. It doesn't frequently happen, but I have seen hints of it. It's interesting. And then, whoa, look at that. We're, we're. Yeah, we're doing some heroing. In. Look at that. A data page setting up another section of the book. 
Well, and, it's, and also the fact that it's not on the flip, right? It's yes. not right there, it's and you see the this other, rumble shot. Right. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that layout. So this whole scenario is an interesting perspective. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the original problem is that people, when a mutant goes At through their muberty. muberty, and they, you know, display their powers for the first time, the regular humans get very upset and they shun them and they want them out. And now this is the flip. This yeah. is like, you're not going to take her away from you us. You can't Krakoa. have her. Back up. Yeah. It's a really interesting twist on the public perception of mutants and how it's shifted. And it's this, I believe, is one of the earlier times of it being on full display. This the fact that people are like, you. I thought the rumors of you stealing mutant children was just a lie that it was just propaganda but you're really here to take her from us yeah and it's like it's interesting because from the mutants perspective they're showing up like okay we know in the past like these are the situations where young kids are you know attacked or especially one that's especially one that's causing all this damage damage like something bad is going to happen so we're going to show up but these people are thinking, okay, now there's now there's an added layer of fear. Like as a human, if you have a child and then your child becomes a mutant, they will come and take your kid away from you. Take them to the crazy sex party island of Krakoa. I don't think that's quite what they're afraid of. I don't think they They don't know about the orgies. I don't think they advertise the sex parties. Okay. I think they're more like afraid because low, of low key sex parties. I think they're more afraid of the, the eye roll, folks. Well, because you keep cutting off my sentences and it's it's making me unhappy. Now I lost my train of thought. I think they're more afraid that because of the supremacy of mutants, this idea that they are the gods and they are superior, that they think they will lose all contact with their child. Like they don't mm. understand the way that Captain America was like, wait, you're a human and you live on Krakoa? Like they don't the, see that. Even the way Reed part. and Sue were like, right. you cannot you, take Franklin. You were just going to do it in the it, accent. I fought it back so hard. I could hear it. You cannot take Franklin. Goodness He's our baby boy. I'm speaking. I'm peeking. You're peeking. So. Shout out to James Proudstar, Warpath in the next couple pages for really making the right call and saying, well, you know, no, we're, we're not going to take her from you. If that's, yeah, if, if you, if you if are she's here to support here. her, yeah, yeah, then she can stay. But I just think that this was a cool display of, I don't know a lot of these mutant children. I think that they are potentially all new. The Oh yeah. The ones that are helping magic. Yep. Magic and Warpath. Well, I think that's the idea, right? They're training them. This is their like right. trainee team. But yeah, and then just being like, no, 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 no. We're just here. We're just, here's a gate. She can come whenever she wants. If if you want to come with her, just let us know in advance so we can make the clearance. Like, it's all good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just would love to see a compilation of all the angry mobs. Like all the pitchfork carrying, baseball bat waving, angry mobs that come at mutants. Yeah, they armed up quick. And it looks like the one guy in front and maybe one other person has a pipe, but everybody else just got sticks. Well, I mean, there was just a big earthquake situation. So they got lots of supplies lying around. Back on Krakoa, outside Arbor Magna, I think the, the real, the fear of what they're trying to do, which, I mean, we did talk about it in ridiculousness of plot, but let's talk about the 
how shouldn't there be more security? Like, shouldn't they have some kind of protection? I know that they had like some. They there is a a, a barrier that Cosmar is able to disrupt with her powers, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the fact that these these meddling kids get to poke around and just play with the empty yeah. bodies. Yeah, I guess that's valid. Because like, what's to stop Sinister from going in there and? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Did I already miss something? Did he yes. already do it? No. Read Hellions. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Uh, uh, yeah, just tell me. Let's be honest. He's got his own clone farm off the books. Off the books. Nobody knows about it. But using the same... No. No, so that's what I'm saying. He could just go in here and be like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Doing he doesn't need to. Doing. He doesn't need to. He has He's got his own. own operation off the books that nobody knows about. And he can make whatever he wants. Sinister. Enter Akiro, big yeah. brother. This is, you know. Okay. We get our. Tell me again. Yep. Tell me again the family situation here. So. He's Wolverine's son? Yep. Actually his son? Yep. Not a clone of Not him. a clone son. But Laura is his clone slash daughter. Right. And Gabby is Laura's clone slash sister. sister. Right. Which is why I normally refer to them. I tend to refer to all mutants as their mutant names, but for the Wolverine, 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 like, you know, because they've most of them, except for Gabby, they've all gone by Wolverine at some point. Interesting. Right. I think I think Akira was like Dark Wolverine, or Ooh. I don't know if he was actually called that, or he was just an evil Wolverine. Evil Wolverine with the Dark Avengers. Here we actually get some resolve of my question from X-Men number one. I don't think Laura and Akira know what's going on with Gabby. Well, clearly. And we start to pull on that thread. And I just, I love his comment about rolling around in dead bodies. Like, she's been dead. Yeah. Well, now it makes more sense to me why she smells. Because she's a dead body. Right. She's a dead body being piloted by a brain in a jar. Which, um, let's talk about that for a second. That's That's, like... Kind of uncomfortable, like just as as a as a theme, as a plot point. I think I don't know, just like what, what is uncomfortable? Piloting this dead body to like, just like why do they need Gabby? Maybe are they going to take the DNA from her body to move into one of the empty eggs? Yeah, and if Gabby's with you, it's less questionable. I guess. Questionable. Also, her her in, invulnerability to pain allows them to find the barrier without. I mean, any does casualties. it matter? She's dead. <laughs> like, uh, well, yeah, I, I guess. Like, can no girl feel inside Gabby's body? Like, well, Gabby doesn't feel anything as part of her, not her mutant power, but as part of like what is the result of her creation. She does not feel pain. Interesting. Even speaking through Gabby, No Girl has some pretty like messed up and semi insightful things to say about Akira that really shakes him up, like that really kind of drives a stake between their relationship. Oh, like when she says, Paying attention to me while I'm around is worth more than stabbing some stranger. But of course, the murderer thinks that being willing to kill is anything other than selfish. Right. Yeah. Like this is, he's, he's, Totally upset. Yeah. Which I haven't seen he too says, much. Damn. Yeah. Right. Burn. And the whole thing about like chasing tail. Yeah. 
go back to chasing tail since that's what your nose is best at anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, this map data page. I love it so much. You love the maps. I love the maps. Well, this is, shouldn't be new information because you love maps. I love maps. But this one specifically is great because of the hand-drawn editions. I just think it's yeah. like kind of adorable, but also how old are these children? Like a knoll is probably the oldest of them. Just, I don't know, just by continuity perspective. Age is nothing. Age is irrelevant. Welcome to Krakoa. And we get a little bit of update on Wolfsbane. It's a yes, sneaky little, little bit of underdeveloped dialogue about like her being there and, and resolving things with Elixir. But we don't really follow into it. What we do get is this barrier and somehow Cosmar's thing is able to take it down, which she was like the dream yes, manipulator yes. from earlier on in this run. Yes. I don't understand it, but it's science fiction. So I guess maybe that's why they don't need additional security because no one's supposed to be able to get, get through, through this that, thing. Right. And so it's interesting that, so they're talking right about, I wonder if Gabby will be able to remember what happened. Like, did they not understand that they need the Cerebro backup? That's the other part that doesn't make any sense. So, like, and like, how, when was the last Cerebro? Like, I don't think it's Xavier not, was backing up during the Hellfire Gala. No, probably so not. So, Gabby's not going to know who killed her. No. As does most people don't know. That right. wasn't a good sentence, but you knew what I meant. Well, there is one as person. Does most people. There is one person that gets backed up right at the moment before they die. You just haven't read it yet. Who? Sink. Oh, interesting. Ironic, since his name is Sink. He synced up. Yep. Synced it to the cloud. Bad jokes. We got some genuine care about Gabby on this next page, which I love, but feels out of place in contrast to the attitudes of this group in the other issues, which I don't think that you'll pick up on because you haven't read those other issues. Mm -hmm. But, like, they've all been somewhat upset and agitated with Krakoa in general, but even with Gabby specifically when she wasn't into what they were doing with the Shadow King. Like, they've all been working with the Shadow King. Gabby was kind of an outsider on that, and she was like, I don't I don't like this. I don't think this is good. I don't think we should be doing this. And she left the group and then was later found. Right, but now they're dealing with the loss of their friend, so they're going to pull from their happy memories. Sure. Yeah. And then Tempest... Ah, Tempest. She's like, what are you kids doing in here? And it looks like maybe this is what their plan was all along. Does no girl take over Tempest's body? That's why Gabby is now lifeless in Anol's hands. And then... Wolf Spain is back. What in God's name are you doing? Oh, dear. In that last page note, we got to talk about... We got to talk about Wolf Spain. We got to talk about Justin's impression of Wolf Spain. Is that... Is that that's pretty upsetting. It's fine, darling. I enjoyed this issue. What do you think about this issue? I enjoyed it. You know, I've been feeling a little weird about some of the characterizations in the the these intermediate mutants mm -hmm. because well now I don't know like are the because are the intermediate mutants the Danny and Shan uh, the new mutants the the kid mutants I've been feeling a little weird about their characterization and just like how angry Anol has been. I get Cosmar and I somewhat get no girl in terms of like what hands they've been dealt mm -hmm. previously but a and wolfsbane specifically I, they just feel a little extra on that but so a should be grouped in with the kids 
like the younger group and then Wolfsbane is with like Wolfsbane would be intermediate mutants. Right. Like the right. OG new mutants are now intermediate mutants. Right. In charge of training the new new mutants. Right. We need like a color coding system or something. I like intermediate and new new. Yeah, new new. I, I've just been chalking it up to potential interference from the Shadow King. But the overall, I, I'm really into where the story's going. Excellent. What do you got for me for Krakoan for next issue? Wolf and sheep. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Wolf and sheep. And we got Rod Reese coming back on art next issue, I believe. I did like the art in this issue. I did too. Yeah, this is... I don't want to say that fill-in artists get a bad rap, but it's just the fact that it it takes away from the normal speed that you're used to. I liked this art. I think it might have been the same art as the last issue from the Hellfire Gala. Hmm. Which, yeah, I did like this art. Yeah. Is it time to talk about, it's time to Emma, talk about Emma, get it, Marauders. Emma, Emma, Frog. Marauders. Ooh, Emma. What do you think about that cover? I mean, it's dope. This cover I remember seeing a preview of. I very much liked it. So you're looking at that cover right now. So that's issue 22. I mean, I'm a little concerned that um, Emma's areolas will pop out in any moment. I mean, that's always a concern for Emma Frost, (laughs) but never actually a concern. Do you notice the piece that's on the ground there? Sure. And... I don't know if you remember this cover. Oh, yeah. Which is Marauders number two, Emma and Shaw back to back. But now the turntables have turned. Yes, but Emma is pushing Kate forward. Right. She's been making moves all along. All along, as we find out in this issue. That's a cool callback. It's also interesting and cool that the background is like this red floral print and the floral print kind of matches lord's lord's dress this issue my goodness gravy what's up so good Mm. marauders is always my fave yeah this cover brings in the question of uh, how is lord's on the cover of a book what does it mean? And is this an indication of other mutants coming back? All Ooh. I have to say is this issue made me go, okay, I'm glad I read that other dumb hellfire issue that I didn't want to read. The call of the... the in the in the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like the OG hellfire gala. Yep. The X-Men classic backup issue. Yeah. But I read it and now I understand. You don't like the classics, the X-Men classic backup issues? That's the only one you've read. Yeah, that's. it's not that I didn't like them. It was just that I was like, why am I reading this? But now I understand. I thought it was just because it was the first Hellfire Gala. No. Well, and also, I pat myself in the back. We did the stories of the introduction of the Hellfire Club mm-hmm. throughout June. That was intentional. It also tied into some other things that I didn't get as far in as I was intending, but you know, there's still things time. Things happen. It's still time. Shall we? We shall. Page turn noise. We start with the news. Welcome to the news. I, I love it. His, this feels like the, the bigger world connector. Yeah, well, we get that tie in to one of the big three from Feeling. X-Men. Feeling wronged. How long have you been waiting to say that? Uh, it just came to me again. Oh, oh, okay. It's always ready. I think I might have said it this afternoon when I was rereading it. But I I do. So Jerry, 
writes this and X-Men. So mm-hmm. obviously he's going to be yeah. the easiest to make those connections. And we didn't see this type of connectivity. I didn't see at least this type of connectivity between Cable and Marauders because they were very much so telling their own separate stories. But I feel as though I was talking about with this, uh, with Xtropes commented on, on one of our yes. posts about just the, what is the direction of Marauders? What is the book of Marauders? And I feel like it's been elevating from the initial concept, just the core concept of pirate ship team extracting people and getting the drugs in. Marauders is about Emma Frost and the fact that Marauders. this is, the, is my take anyway. Yep. It's, it's elevating Emma. It's, it's not just Charles and Magneto running the game anymore. Well, I mean, they've never been a part of this book, but yeah. No, this, no, but right. I'm saying on Krakoa, right? Gotcha. Like the the council is there and now we have, you know, things are going on with Storm, but like Marauders controls a lot of the financial yeah. dealings and- of Krakoa. And the fact that Emma hosted the gala and Emma's running Marauders, it's, it's a boost of saying someone else is sitting at the table pay attention for real i think this it should be called the hellfire trading company or it should be because it's not just marauders i feel like marauders the team has become a thread in this book yes which like I, we don't see them as much anymore right. the concept of marauders which i loved which really got me into this book which i still like the book i'm not like saying that, that mm-hmm. was the the conversation that we had back and forth that marauders as a concept has become just a thread in the overall narrative of the Marauders book, which I don't, I don't want them to change the title. I don't want them to restart the numbering. It can be Marauders. That's fine. But I feel like this book is of the Hellfire Trading Company. And it's of the fact that kind of off of what you were just saying, Mm -hmm. the fact that Emma and Shaw and Kate are cohesive together. Like that is a side of the table Mm -hmm. that works together. They have their disagreements, they have their arguments, but they handle it as internal Hellfire business. Yeah. I'm laughing because I'm like, Shaw seems to kind of get the short end of the stick. Well, he also deserves it. Uh, Yep. But I think throughout this issue, I feel like we get some recognition between the two of them about their intentions and what they've been working towards Mm -hmm. this whole time. And I feel like I feel like he respects her because of that at some point. Uh, He's he's probably not happy. But at the same time, I don't know it. I mean, maybe respect is the word, but I don't think it's like... Acknowledges? Yeah, it's maybe throughout this issue. Yes. It's where the turn it turns to respect because he's... And this is the only issue I'm calling it in. He's saying, oh, snap. You've been doing this stuff. You've been playing me for a long time, Emma. Right. Yeah, like I underestimated you. Because I feel as though throughout he had always been like... Oh, Emma, she thinks she can do whatever. She thinks she's in charge. She thinks this. She thinks that. But really, I'm the one in control. And this is sort of like a big slap in the face of like, ha, 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 Shaw. The whole time. I also just want to call out this little thing that I think is funny where they're they're talking about Mars. Mm-hmm. And then it says, I think I speak for everyone on this planet when I say I hope that's the last headline to come out of this bloody Hellfire Gala. Right. And then it's just a picture of the Scarlet Witch. Dead and it's Scarlet like, Witch. Well, you don't know. Yeah. that That is just, we're not ready to talk about it yet, but it's going to happen. It's coming. We've been teasing it. Title page, Sins of the Past. The Morning After. Amazing. 
Written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Matteo Lolly and Klaus Johnson. Color artist Rain Barreto. And letterer VCs Corey Petit. Digging in, digging in, digging in. Oh, Emma. Yeah. She's just wondering, where are my girls? Girls? Beautiful sunrise in the background. Yes. What a view, Emma. What a view. Yeah. Get a little cuckoo check-in. And they've been partying on Araco until the early morning. It's kind of creepy to me how they speak in, like, we are hungry. We <laughs> want to stop here. But I get it because they're, like, they are one. The same. But they are different. Right. Do you know, what do you know about the Stepford Cuckoos? They are clones of Emma. Yes. They're referred to as her daughters. Yep. And they were created without her knowledge. Something about Esme is important. Is she like the leader of the five of them? I think so. It, I think it also changes sometimes. Or at least someone argued that it changes who's the leader. Mm. But So they were created without her knowledge? Yes. By who? Weapon plus. Oh. So they are, you know, Wolverine is weapon yeah. 10, weapon X. They, I believe, are weapon 14. And we are unsure, and this has nothing to do with this issue, but we are unsure if there are more of them. Could be more. Because this is, that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go into. <laughs> because dot, 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 dot. Well, and also, there three of them were in The Gifted. So I think that was my first introduction to them. Yeah. So for a while, they were the three in one because two had died. But now they're back to being the five in one. The five in one. Or the Stepford Cuckoos. And then they have this this other little blonde lady. Wilhelmina Kensington. Who apparently they know. So this is, this is the person, I don't know if you remember this, from the Hellfire Gala issue, where she is one of... Verendi, she is one of the Hellfire babies. She's the Hellfire baby. She's the one that you will remember. Like they unlocked something in her mind, and we kind of get an idea of what that was. Through so this is she washed up on the shore of the Hellfire Gala. Yes, beach? they're they're still on Michnie's Michnie's Michnie. I learned so much more when I talk to you. That's very sweet. <laughs> but that's why. So so they undid something in her mental blocks and it are apparently creating some more potential trauma but also unleashing something that's been held back for a while some abuse mm. which you know content warning if you haven't read but it doesn't actually get into it it just kind of alludes to it yeah ah uh, emma coming down the, the council steps looking fabulous looking so fly shout out to mateo lolly for the costume design i love it i loved it when he said like he really pays attention to the fact that he would never emma would never wear the same thing twice no and she's always looking so fly mateo yeah so fly look at this outfit are you kidding me we get sebastian back in full form with a pretty quick explanation you know we saw him yeah what i mean i didn't i still haven't read the issue where he ends up in a wheelchair right but it's like Oh, I'm going to go to a party in a wheelchair, and the next day I'm going to walk. Well, he was resurrected. The only time that we've, we're we learning about it in these two pages. So he was resurrected, and you know that was our agreement, was it not? I could address the physical rebuke after the first gala. And even Charles says later on, on the second page, when a sensitive matter arose along with Sebastian at Arbor Magna this morning, his first thought was, a complicated plan to resurrect a mutant named Lord Chantel. So 
Arbor Magna is the tree of eggs, mm. right? So that's where the resurrections happen. So when he was resurrected into his f- fixed body. Oh my God. So he was, so they just gave him a new body even though he didn't die? Right. That is messed up. Yeah, it's messed up. I mean, he didn't die. They gave him a new body that seemed to have been an agreement. But he wait, is also so, on the council though. So maybe... Gabby is backed up because can Xavier just choose to back up one person? Like if if Shaw was resurrected the night of the Hellfire Gala into the next morning, mm-hmm. then a backup had to have occurred the night of the Hellfire Gala. Otherwise, Shaw wouldn't remember the gala. Right. So he does it in stages. So if, if it is a specific person that is scheduled for resurrection for whatever reason, he would have that done potentially right before they i don't know did they kill him or yeah how does questions that about that questions i about need that. more information well you're I not getting I'm it here. not getting it you're not getting it here but it, i i think that's part of the intrigue part of the the questions but also part of the plot holes that you could then fill in later on it's part who's, of the who's the mutant that makes the coffee mondo no maybe i was just trying to see like it says ny coffee on emma's cup so I was trying to see if she's drinking Krakoa coffee or if she went, she went to, New, to York. New York to get some yeah. quality coffee. Yeah. Or was it Chamber? Was it Mondo? Or I think it was Mondo because Chamber wouldn't. I don't remember. It was in New Mutants issue one. I just, I love Emma. I just love her. Yeah. She's like, tut, 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 Charles. I know it all. Yeah. We'll get our, our secret telepathic conversation where, you know, Xavier doesn't know who Lords is along with many of us because her one and only appearance was in that classic X-Men backup issue. Just for a hot second, Sebastian's like, I'm gonna marry you. Nah. Yeah. Data page redactions. Ugh, I'm so sick of information being withheld from me. Ha ha ha. A little bit of information about Wilhelmina, where she comes from, where her wealth comes from specifically, but also where her mental instability comes from her aggression that manifested in killing her mother as well as a number of small animals uh, we saw in marauders 21 that the girls decided to fix her quote unquote make her remember which sent everything into this great guessing game as to who she was or what happened like every the internet blew up they were like what what is this person who is what's going on because we don't know we didn't know we didn't know like, now we're slowly finding out that there is some trauma associated with her and her father that we don't get a whole lot of detail on. And that's okay because I don't necessarily need to know that, but it was repressed and caused Wilhelmina to act out in the ways that we've seen, or at least the ways that we've seen described here. Now with those memories unlocked, she's having a tough time dealing with the actions that she's done Mm. and the cuckoos come to her care. Ah, the cuckoos. Yeah. They go into her repressed memories, locate her bad daddy, as they refer to him as, and (laughs) go with her to London to confront him. I love this. Like, why are you helping me? Because our mom taught us that we need to look out for other women. Yes. Snaps. When men take advantage. Yeah. Because that is a theme throughout this entire book. Right. As we find. But that's, that's a theme of Emma Frost. Yeah. You know. And like, it, it's it's not just when men like it is very strongly women protecting women when men take advantage. But also I feel like Emma has this like the same like she, with the children. Right. That she took care of all the kids in the school. It's like yep. she doesn't she wants to teach people not to let other people take advantage of them. 
And it, I wonder, it, like, what's Emma's origin story? Do you know that? Yeah, I know a little bit. I mean. Can we do a, like a retcon wranglers about Emma Frost? Sure. Some point. I want to dig deep into Emma's history. Oh, man. I knew that we were going to have to have more Emma than I had initially planned. And that's why Dark Phoenix got added. But she wasn't even really in that that much. But no. yeah, I just like I mean, we do have the I opened the Hellfire Club box set the other day. And I don't know. Emma is is becoming a contender for the top spot on my whoa list. Like Kate's up there because I love Kate. But Magneto has always been my number one. I don't know. I just feel like Emma has the authority of Magneto, but she also, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything official, but I'm just saying, Emma, Emma, get it, get it, (laughs) Emma, Emma, Frost. You cannot be singing this song all episode. Yes, I can. I can do what I want. (laughs) If you can do that horrific (laughs) accent. I can sing my Emma Frost song. Emma and I need Sebastian. someone to make a remix of it. Emma, Emma, get it, get it. No. <laughs> oh my God, you have no idea how upset I am. Please be quiet so I can make the sound bite. Emma, Emma, get it, get it. Emma, Emma Frost. I saw the pain and holding back from interrupting that. Emma and Sebastian are <laughs> holding back at the Quiet Council table. And I just, all right, so. Sending a Cerebro back in time is the plan because that is what? Yeah, what? Interesting for a number of reasons. Like, would it work? I can only imagine it would with the number of time travelers that they have. But what kind of repercussions would that have? For sure. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about what time travel You're affects reckless, Shaw. With You're the TVA, reckless. But yeah. I mean, that's classic Shaw, but still. And also, lo- why, does he, why does he need to talk to Eric? I don't know. She never died. The, the, his, his I would was, like to be there for Magneto when it must it must oh, have something to do with the trial. Yeah, I love it. Eric will wait. Sebastian, you believe your old flame, Lord Chantel, can be resurrected by sending a Cerebro back in time, but you are wrong. Oh, these these facial expressions on the next page, where he's just like, "What? Huh? She never died," and then she. <laughs> Puts on the sunglasses, like, deal with it. That is a Horatio Kane sunglasses of justice moment. Except in (laughs) reverse. In reverse. Because he usually takes... Well, no, sometimes he puts them on. Sometimes he puts them on before he walks away. No, well, that last one sounded a little bit more like SVU. I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped for this. We need Foley artists. She never died. Her she one and only died. appearance otherwise was in Classic X-Men Backup that we forced you to read in Marauders 21. Because she's not dead, folks. Yeah. And that's why we needed it. That's why we needed to set it up. And we get a flashback sequence. I loved this. Yeah. And I love that the art changes. Yeah. So this is the other artist. This is Klaus Janssen. And um, did Shaw do this to her? I would assume, yeah. Rude, Shaw. Giving her a black eye before the gala. Yeah, we get the story of... Or, I mean, just giving her a black eye in general, not just because it's before sure. the gala. Right. The story of Lords coming to Emma before the scenes that we've seen, wanting to help her get out of the club. I want out. A black eye and troubled feelings about Sebastian. The alternate view of the events that we've seen before. Indication I just of love the, it. I just yeah. love that like projection. I'm making you think something is happening, but it's not happening. Emma, Emma, get it. Emma, these, Emma, 
these types of like continuity reveals i love these like this one specifically is interesting it, it kind of works with a character that i don't know very well but also you know ties to the larger story of the hellfire club but this kind of like this this feels as though the continuity is alive to add yeah. something like this to a, a previously existing story that's huge to me i, yeah. I feel like this is a big it, it's small but it's a big thing yeah it has a, a lot of ramifications like yeah this spirals into opening so many door like could be so many things like how many other things did emma twist yeah well, how and many also, other things that other people twist and and what is her story with the kingpin and where is she now lords yeah right She's not dead. Right. And I can't imagine that we're going to have this whole issue about her. And then she's not and she's coming never going to come back. And we're never going to hear about her. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that. And they that, wouldn't do that. And this whole thing with the kingpin and the fact that, you know, Emma says, and that's the last I'll talk about this. I'm, I'm not talking about it anymore. I That can't be it. Right. And this, oh, this blood scene. This was intense. Just like the dead bodies piled up as they're going in and killing all the humans of the hellfire oh my club. God, yeah. This is something we've never seen, but this is, this is them taking over the club. This is the inner circles formation. Yeah. Oh, she's so pissed at Kingpin. The fact that she's now got to work off her debt and Lords's debt. But also what's, do you know what Emma's debt to him was for? I, I don't off the top of my head. Ooh. Looks like something we can talk about in our Emma Frost episode. Well, I don't know if it's been established either. Oh. I know that she had been kind of connected to the Hellfire Club for a while, so I don't know. Is he connected to the Hellfire Club? Not that I know of, no. He's the mm. kingpin of crime. He's his own entity. But also, this is, see, this is the thing. These are the things that make Emma creep to the top spot. She took on this debt for this person yeah. so that they could be free of someone who's manipulating them. She is And she stayed in she that She is amazing. She's so good even though she's so bad. She stayed in that position. Like right. I mean, I feel like she had the confidence in herself to be able to take care of herself when necessary and to be able to manipulate things as needed with her telepathy, but she did all that work and and like she's obviously not happy about it and that that smug face of the kingpin yeah. All in good time. Just Emma, man. Yeah. And that bookend on the last page before the data page, she says that's all we'll get to know, but it can't be. It just can't be it. Yeah, it can't be. We got to come on, Emma. The lies of it all and what was necessary to get to where they are. The succession from the club to Krakoa and now to Arako. Like This is so cool. Right. And also, if if... Shaw was wanting to resurrect her. He, wh why? Like, just because he was like, I want a wife I now? miss my girlfriend. Right? No, clearly he had plans yep. or ideas. Yep. And so now that he knows she's not dead, like, of course he's going to try to find her. Of course. It's the same thing about Phoenix. Like, if Phoenix is in jail and, and she doesn't die, if Dark Phoenix doesn't die at the end of Dark Phoenix, then the X-Men are just going to go and try to get her out of jail. Right, or they're exactly. going to try... We get a data page. About Letter to the Quiet Council. Harry Leland. And so he died fighting Nimrod in Uncanny X-Men 209 and doing a considerable amount to destroy Nimrod. He didn't actually rid the world of Nimrod, but he was able to disintegrate him into a bunch of different this pieces. This is a past issue. Yeah, Uncanny X-Men 209. Because in this 
timeline right now of Krakoa, Nimrod has not yet come online. Uh, he has. He has. You've, because I miss those issues. Right. I because you have homework. <laughs> Stop reminding me. If I don't. <laughs> I have homework, but now I also have weekly homework. I am going to do it. I love you. I love the fans. I'll get it done. <laughs> the fans. The fans. Anyway. So I'm I'm wondering if he's backed up because he has been technically resurrected throughout his continuity like that when he died in the 80s so uncanny x-men 209 this was the same issue where rachel yep. summers yep gets pulled away by spiral okay and goes into some time warp and then later appears for excalibur to the sword of care of baby baby nope n- no nope when she <laughs> that's <a> good question <laughs> uh when she goes and then comes back to be on excalibur so spiral okay, where she like, appears at the yep, beginning of excalibur yep. Because that's where she was. In the mojo? Yep. Mm, I'm trying to get it. Okay. But the fact that he potentially wouldn't be backed up, or I'm, I'm not sure. So are we going to get that time travel in Cerebro Helmet? I don't. I hope not. And the, the combination of his density powers and Shinobi's, that's what they're talking about. And I wonder if Nimrod has memory of that battle in Central Park, that battle against Harry Leland, and if he'd be prepared for this attack formation. Nimrod's not a mutant, though. Right. But Nimrod is a computer brain. So you're saying Nimrod's brain would also be backed up. Right. Nimrod is like an adaptoid. But I don't know. Like, is that... I don't think that that's the same Nimrod, because technically the Nimrod in Uncanny X-Men 209 is a future Nimrod that travels back in time to kill the X-Men and mutants in general. You're losing me. I'm losing it. Brain. What would you think of this issue? You loved it. Of course I I loved it. A lot of continuity reveals. Peeling more story into that overall X-Men narrative, that's um, a few places are now opened up that we could play into. And I just love that that living continuity. I'm yeah, a big fan of that. That's super awesome. Yeah. I'm assuming other X-Fans think so as well. I just think that that's I just, mean, please do. Yeah. Please think that. I'm not sure how you feel about it, having just read the backup story with Lords. I think, you know, are you you said that you're now more interested in that backup story, or at least you see the connection to it? I'm more, yeah, I'm more interested in that backup story, and now I'm more interested in Emma's past yeah. and Emma and what she's cooking up. I don't really know much about Wilhelmina, or Wilhelmina. I don't know if you have any. I mean, I I do know she first appeared in Wolverine and the X Men, I believe, and along with the rest of the Hellfire Babies. And you also don't know about Harry Leland's battle with Nimrod, other than what I've described. Nope. Uh, so I don't know if that last data page did anything for you, but for I me, mean, it, it was, was definitely like, ooh, Nimrod. Yeah, it was kind of out of place. Like, you know, it is from Bishop, who is technically on this team, even though we don't see him ever. Right, right. But it's also like a, a message to the Quiet Council, Hellfire Trading, and X-Force, because this book is Hellfire Trading. Uh, in that preview image, tempo. Have you seen that cover? No. Yeah, so it's Tempo, Banshee, Pyro, Kate fighting a bunch of I don't know what. What? Kate, I miss her. We posted it. Bring her back. We posted it. Okay. Did we post it while I was off the grid? No, we posted it weeks ago. Weeks? Weeks ago. You don't remember? Nope. Maybe if you show it to me, I'll be like, oh yeah, I looked at that weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I looked at that weeks ago. (laughs) I remember being like, this is so beautiful. The colors are amazing. Yeah. (laughs) 
May 17th. Yeah, we, months ago. Months ago. I mean, it comes out in like probably like a month, but Krakoan? What is it? Maraud Abroad. No, good Lord. I love it. Oh, I, I love it so much. The smile on your face oh, I as love you it so said much. it. Maraud Abroad. Hey, I didn't do notes for Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, that's okay. We're going to talk about it quick, quick. Because I read it and then I looked at you and I said, what? So really. Which, yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> really, I think. And uh, the interview that I read with Al, if, if you haven't read that interview that was posted on AIPT this morning, check that out. Um, For those of us who don't know what AIPT is. Adventures in Poor Taste Comics. AIPTcomics.com. Thank you. They, uh, Chris Hassan was interviewing Al Ewing about his work and what's coming forward and he said you know you don't necessarily have to read this issue to understand what's going to be set up or what's going to happen but this is establishing a threat on the intergalactic scale and that will play into storm's spot as regent of soul i will say just to clarify the events of this issue were very self-explanatory However, not being caught up at all on what's going on in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, who are some of these people? And why is Peter not the one who's in love with Gamora? Yeah. Well, so, well, so you weren't like me who binge read the entire run of Guardians of the Galaxy over the no. past two weeks. No. Ever since Guardians of the Galaxy 15 came out, I sought out issues 13 and 14, and then read all the others on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, my goodness. What? That's just 14. That's you. That's just 14 issues. You're right. I do that in a night. Let's go. Uh, The reason why Gamora and Peter have some distance between them is that Peter spent 100 years on in another world, another reality type thing where he had a child. He left Peter, at the beginning of this run to answer a distress call and got sucked into this other thing. Hmm, interesting how that kind of, not really, but kind of ties into that podcast. Hmm. But not really. But not really at all. But like Where they were separated, time displacement yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. situation. No spoilers. Yeah. But when, I think it was the last issue actually, or maybe two issues ago, where she goes to kiss him. And and he's like resistant because he's just come back recently. Peter. This this run, I mean, if you read the last two or three issues, and if you're interested in reading it, it really starts. You don't have to read the entire run. It really only starts with issue 13, where we have the scrolls doing this chant, this incantation on ego, mm-hmm. and transforming ego into. Dormammu. And in the comics, Ego is not Peter's father. Correct. Okay. So did the Skrulls know they were transforming Ego into Dormammu? I believe so. Why would they do that on purpose? I don't know. Because I, well, we don't have we don't know exactly. At least I don't know I exactly. I thought the Skrull and the Kree were trying to be France. So I believe that this is a subset of Skrulls that are not down oh, with that. Oh, they're not down with that. Mm. Well, let's talk about this cover because it's dope. Yeah. Giant Dormammu fighting tiny guardians. I just I love the fact that he's a planet now. Can we talk about that for a second? Because, yes, I think that's why he's so huge is because he's a planet. But yeah. the fact that everybody's leveling up to the planet size. You mm-hmm. know, Mutant's got a planet. Well, Dormammu's, Dormammu's got a planet. planet. Doom's going to get a planet. Watch out. No. He's got to. 
You gonna uh, have Doom can have a planet? Doom can't get one. I Doom, said no. Doom can do whatever he wants. No, Storm is gonna shut it down. Probably. I'm ready for this week. Ready for ready. this week's issue. Sword. Two days. Or one day. One depending day. on when you're listening. <laughs> yeah. For us right now, it's two days. All right. Here we go. You ready? Quick talk. Guardians of the Galaxy. Page turn noise. That was a quick page turn, too. Previously on Guardians of the Galaxy. I appreciated this little previously. You always do. I mean, that that is helpful. And I feel like they have uh, become more and more helpful as you're trying to navigate. Yeah, keeping well, so all now these i got to read Black together. Panther. I mean, it looks great. I'm, yeah, it looks dope. I mean, I also <laughs> binge read most of Tahanisi Coates' run of Black Panther that sets up the intergalactic empire of Wakanda because oh they're God. mentioned in Sword 6. I'm, I'm, He's out of control, people. I'm, not, I'm very much in control. You cannot tell me I'm not oh, in no, control. No, go away. Emma, Emma, get it, get it. <laughs> Emma, Emma. Fox. Are these Arain and Emma fighting? Because I'm not going to win that. Never. I mean, we don't. There's a big attack, right? Yeah, something happens. A big attack. And I love this little nugget of Wiccan. I didn't want to say it, but I've been getting weird vibes about Krakoa since the Hellfire Gala. Like something bad happened to someone close to me or. Yeah. It's like everybody's ready to tease this. Well, because Trial of Magneto. And also because even though this is Guardians of the Galaxy, Al is on sword. So he is very much a part of the X office conversations. Yes. And I mean, at the end of this, it says continued in sword. So so this this last annihilation, which is this arc that Mm -hmm. starts in this issue, will go to sword and then back to Guardians and then the cable reloaded i believe is the name which is a one shot of old man cable on the front with the sword of galadar which is kind of foreboding to i believe it is this week that cable number 12 comes out oh the baby cable which is the last issue oh the baby he's gonna go bye bye potentially yeah i believe so one can live for the other to survive well neither of them can die is basically what it is (laughs) so so yeah there's a big explosion a big attack and um, we got ships that look like planets and planets that look like ships. and Yeah. Okay. Question. Yep. What's happening with Gamora's face? That's just comic Gamora. Comic Gamora has like circles around her eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It looks like she's wearing like a ski mask of green. All right. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just... Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I just... These are my opinions. Okay. Who is this man? Quasar. Who is this man? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people in this issue that you don't know. Okay. Is he is he Cree? He's not Cree. Okay. That's fine. If you if we don't we don't need to go down a rabbit hole of who he is or whatever. I just I'm just letting you know my feelings as they come up as I read, which was who the heck is this? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, moving on. Oh, someone Alicia doesn't know. What else is new, folks? And we got Drax telling jokes. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. And, you know, I love this, like, Halloween vibe that Dormammu gives off. Like, his face looks like a pumpkin, like a haunted pumpkin. Yeah. And his dialogue is written in a very, like, spooky text. And he's just basically like, y'all, I'm a planet. And I'm sending my destroyers. You've got nothing on me. You at least know who two of these three are. Mantis 
And Drax. Yep. And Hercules. Hercules. Don't know him. Never heard of him. Ha <laughs> ha. They're also being attacked by these. Yes. Okay. So the Guardians have two ships in yep. two separate places and they're both being attacked. Yes. Dangerous. They have a pretty large team. Because, but are, are, aren't both ships protecting or surrounding Ego? Is that what's happening in this? Or one was in a different place? The second ship is the Tenant and the first ship is... The Almond. The Almond. The Almond is surrounding Ego and where Ego is. And I believe the Tenant is closer to where the throne world is that we see at the beginning. Got it. And then Peter and... Who's this? Nova. Nova. Richard Ryder. He's Cree. He's Cree. He has the kind of Captain Marvel emblem. Mm-hmm. The Nova Corps. The Nova Corps. All right. So he's hanging out with Peter. They're checking out Arako, a.k.a. the old Mars. And they're like, what's up with this? I don't know, but you got to be cool with it. Yeah. And they're called to the battle. And Nova does his going Nova, opening a wormhole and... Flying off. I, I do like the conversation that they're having about Mars and about the fact that they don't trust what's going to happen. They're they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, but also yeah. the effects of Mysterium and what it's had on the... Yeah, there was like something about how like basically made soul matter or something. Right. Everybody's looking at the soul system as, hey, you just entered the chat. Like you're you're here. And I do really like the art on this page where you can see like the Dormammu planet and everybody's like fighting and all, you know, we didn't get a title. I mean, the title page was that opening page, but it was written by Al Ewing art by Juan Frigeri colors by Federico Blee and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Lots of epic space battles, you know, just lots of visions and uh, it's cool action. It makes me, you know, excited that I'm now going to be reading Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like this boom, and then the shooting off of him going Nova. Yeah. I mean, I will admit, a handful of these characters I don't know a whole lot about. I only know them from reading these issues. So if I do continue to read this, I will look into their stories. But these are like big cosmic characters that have been around for years, mm-hmm. at least some of them, like Kazar. Which one's that? This guy, Wendell. Wendell. Wendell Vaughn. He's the one that he's the one that loves Gamora. No. No. Nova is. I don't know if they. It's not ever spoken that he loves, but but if you look at that savior picture. Yeah, yes. and the way that like he's like Gamora, Gamora, my God, right. Gamora. That's what I got out of the context. Yeah, I did too. They're fighting. They're duking it out. But basically, by the end of it, we have our our teams reassembled. Like everybody kind of gets out. Their ships are destroyed. But they're saved and... Yeah, this is very much like establishing this threat. Yeah, and that's, that's and really what it was. letting you know that it's not going to be an easy battle. But also the separation of Wiccan and... What's Hulk, his name? Hulkling. Hulkling. Yeah, because they're like a unified front. But then it's a good point of like, okay, well, we're here on this Kree planet and the Skrull planet, planet is being attacked. Yeah, that was we actually really interesting. together. Or we're not really supporting both of them. So I feel like that's set up. crumbles. Right, right. I feel like that's set up of the two of them being separated. And and also just the diplomacy of that world. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of things moving forward with the bigger intergalactic picture. Yeah, I think this issue did a good job of setting up the threat and the fact that it's 
going to tie into multiple things like the mention of Araco and that whole idea and how that's going to tie in plus this idea that Dormammu is a planet and now we've separated the team. There's another planet that's having problems. Like, how are we going to get it all together? Yeah. What did you think about the issue? I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought this is a lot of big story that I'm not fully versed in. I read those issues previously that it's just building up all these characters that I don't have a, a deep history with. I, I'm really a X-Men and Spider-Man guy, but this made me want to know more. It mm-hmm. made me want to know more about the... In the same way that I read Guardians and black panther like i want to know more about the cosmic side of marvel well what is do you know who captain glorious i don't have too much backstory no it's just an interesting like looming clearly captain glory is in a prison of some kind Mm -hmm. we need captain glory yeah i'd looked him up this afternoon but i couldn't get too much context on him can we just talk about this preview page for the last annihilation part two Mm-hmm. Why is Doom holding a fork and knife? Because he's attending a dinner with Storm. Oh, it's just the artwork of him looming over all of the other people while holding a fork and knife. Just looks like he's about to just eat them. Well, yeah, and the the wine glass. Yeah. And the dinner plate. Looks like they're honey. I shrunk the kids, and we're going to get eaten by Doom for dinner. Yeah, but it looks like, so we get Sword comes out on Wednesday along with Cable number 12 and Wolverine number 14. So we get to the next step in this. I'm not sure. I'm interested to see how interconnected they are, how it builds off and how Sword is brought into this. It seems as though they're brought into where Teddy, where where Hulkling has gone off to. Mm. Well, we did it. What do you think about this issue? I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It, like I said, it was easy for me to comprehend the storyline of what was going on. Yes, there were characters that I didn't really know of. And there was a little bit that I was like, okay, I only am getting the surface of because, this. And also like confusion about the characters that you do know not being who how you who know I them. Who I know them, yeah. Right. But Did overall, it make you want to read more about the Guardians? Uh, you can say no. No. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> It nothing nothing really stuck out to me like oh my god this is so exciting yeah. but I'm interested to see how it ties into the overall storyline the world the all the good stuff so you know all I have to say about this week's comics is Emma Emma get it get it Emma Emma frog you cannot be singing this all day listen you guys like it don't you y'all like my song okay it's fire. Hellfire. Ooh, it's hellfire. Until next time, old friend. Charles! I'm so upset. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.